We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski here on this Monday, the final day of July, July 31st, 2023. <sighs> hope you all had a great weekend. It's a scorcher out here, so I hope you are uh, figuring out a way to stay cool. Imagine that. It's July. We've a couple, couple of our sponsors try to help keep you cool. Rain, for example. Mm. Cool you off. What you got there? Man, I'm rolling with the... Peach nectarine, which is, it's my favorite. That is your favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. I told Bob, Bob asked me the other day, he said, how are you doing on rain? I said, dude, I've been rotating, so I don't run out of particular flavors. So I got, I think I have one more can of peach nectarine, but I thought I'd break it out today. It feels like a day for a peach. This is unbelievable, by the way. I know you're not, you're not a big peach guy, but. No, I'm not a peach this guy. This literally but. tastes like you're eating a peach. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We already have a super chat from our friend Kyle. He says, how do you think the conversation went with telling Trump about aliens? Is that why we have a space force now? (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I wish I could do a good Trump imitation. I, I can't. I, can't. <clears throat> I bet Trump had lots of questions for like the aliens when they told him about aliens and they told him about. Oh, I would. We would be. I mean, I would have so many questions. What would you do on your first day of presidency? Would you Would you want to know about everything? Yeah. Like I would have a. Hey, look, we got four hours scheduled this morning. And I want to know about JFK. I want to know about aliens. I want to know where Hoffa's buried. I want to know everything. Yeah, I want to know everything. All the secret clubs and organizations and how's that work? And the truth is, I think it's what made Trump different was that he was one of the first presidents that didn't sort of come from the the complex, if you will. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't buy in. Like, well, he just wasn't from it. He wasn't a <clears throat> governor or a senator or I whatever. He wasn't going to play ball. And, you know, I mean, so his predecessors, I mean, Obama was a senator. Um, before that, it was uh, George W. Bush, who was a governor, but whose father was a former president and former head of the CIA. He probably knew how some things went down. Probably knew some stuff. Before that, it was Clinton, who was a bit of an outsider when he first got there, the governor of Arkansas. Before that, it was George H.W. Bush, who we just referenced. Um, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan was a, a former California governor who In was a, who was a but who was a, a high ranking member of the Republican establishment for a while. And, <laughs> I mean, I guess Carter was an outsider. Governor of Georgia wasn't really a Washington insider. Peanut farmer. Gerald Ford was definitely a Washington insider. Big-time Michigan football player. Uh, Nixon was a big-time Washington insider. He was a former vice president and all of that stuff. And then before Nixon, it was Lyndon Johnson, who was an ultimate insider. I mean, he was a— Allegedly. A, I mean, he was, a, well, he was a congressman for a long time, was, was long considered one of the— most influential legislators in American history. Who may be the answer to your first question. Okay. <laughs> Who killed JFK? We could go down that road. And then JFK <laughs> was JFK was a, a senator who came from a, a prominent, powerful family. I mean, you just go on and uh-huh. on and on. So, yeah. yeah. You just covered, like, the last I got 60, back to 1960. You last 63 years of, of uh, everything. So, I mean, that was one of the things with Trump. Oh, Austin, don't do it. Austin with a super chat. Do you guys have any 9-11 conspiracy theories? I promise you guys we have football to talk about today. Um, I do, Austin. I, do you I, really? I do. Yeah, I do. Well, you can't just say that and um, stop. I just I find it hard to believe understanding physics and the way things work that buildings fail like that. <clears throat> so you think they were wired something to be brought I don't, down? I don't know. I, 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 it, it's a controlled demolition, especially the other – uh, not just World Trade Center one and two, the other ones. You talk about the 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 other building that, yeah. that wasn't hit that went down. Yeah, and where you look at the replay and it looks like boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, I, I and the only reason I say that is I very vividly remember <laughs> we're just getting over over um, where uh, I very vividly remember watching it live in Natchitoches, Louisiana. We came out of all staff meeting. The yeah. whole day. We had one TV in the building. Yeah, I was in Auburn, and, and I remember watching it when it fell thinking did they blow that up on purpose like did they collapse you know because we were out and all that stuff i was like that looked like a controlled demolition and when they're in you know you go back i watch all the shows and when you go back and again you're you're not speaking of the towers you're talking of that i'm talking of the towers as well okay because they fail in the same speed as free fall there's physics there's no this somebody's got a lot of explaining to do i thought i'd seen something though about the way that the the steel system that essentially held those buildings up when the supports melted to a certain point and it just collapsed. Yeah, but there would still be resistance to keep it from free falling. They fell it at the speed of free fall. And so that's, that's my only, I don't know what the conspiracy is. I don't know who's motivated to do all that stuff. I'm not saying all that. I don't, I don't get that deep. I just feel that was too clean of a collapse for, for buildings in that case. All right, I will go on record as saying that I disagree with you, that I, I don't think there was a 9-11 conspiracy. That it, I think it was a terrorist attack that we should have been more aware of. We weren't for uh, a lot of reasons, some of the things that probably haunt us today. And, uh, 
and I think the conspiracy theories get going because of President Bush at the time taking that opportunity to go after political enemies in Iraq. Yeah. No, and I, then you know he said the weapons of mass destruction. And it turns out either either they hid the weapons of mass destructions or or there no were no weapons of mass destruction, and that fed the conspiracy. Yeah, I don't That's have my opinion. I don't go like I watch all the shows and stuff. That's my only thing. I'm like, man, something's off there. I just don't see how three buildings or four buildings in the in that case world. I think it was World Trade Center seven and World, world Trade Center five that all five all four buildings fall in free fall. That's just weird to me gotcha so yeah i'm not into the i don't remember who it was uh was it jesse ventura i think that went on a show talking about he you know he's out there a while a little bit <clears throat> and talking about how there's rumors that people you know a seal team came in and put demoli- you know demolitions early like three weeks earlier there's uh the other one that's interesting to me is the guy who part of that is the building insurance that was taken out on those buildings right before the oh. attack. The guy, somebody had just bought it, and then they put out. So, if, But if you believe in the conspiracy, you, the conspiracy that you believe in is that it was it was time to get the, the, the great American war machine rolling again because I, that's, a, that's an economic yeah, boom. Right? I don't have an opinion on why it would be done. Because that's certainly like the opinion of if, if, if you believe that the CIA killed John F. Kennedy, for example. Well, I know. When happened. someone says, what's the motivation for that? It was, well, the, they needed to get the big war machine going, and, and Kennedy was well, going to... he said he's going to dismantle the CIA. Kennedy was going to start tearing apart some yeah. of the... the put them on Front Street. Yeah, Kennedy <clears throat> was, was going to tear apart some of the alphabet soup in Washington. Yeah. I just... That's the only... As just science, you know, physics. It just doesn't make sense to me. Anyway. Are you ready to do some football here? Yeah, let's talk football. All right, let's jump to some. I want to talk some NFL. We haven't talked NFL in a while, and considering there's footballs that are we be will be flying on Thursday night, I have to say something. I made a because somebody showed it to me. I said the Giants and the Browns, and I was it was it's the Jets and the Browns on um, Thursday, not the Giants and Browns. Aaron okay. Rodgers will not uh, play. You're forgiven. I'm forgiven. I just I was thinking New York. I guess I don't know. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about. <clears throat> is there's been a lot of – it's been popular probably for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. Um, it's coming to light with Saquon Barkley, with Josh Jacobs. It's coming to light with Austin Eckler. And now recently with Jonathan Taylor. I want to talk about this running back issue that they're having with owners about not getting paid. Um, have you been keeping up with any of this? Uh, yeah. I talked to uh, both Quinshawn Judkins and uh, Rocket Sanders in, in Nashville about it. Two of the probably the two top running backs in the SEC, two of the top running backs in the country. Is like I've asked both of them, are you guys kind of keeping up with this? And they both did the PC thing about you know I'm focused on my team and my right. season or whatever. But they both yes. said yeah, they they clearly knew about it. So I, I'm, I'm I'm I get frustrated about this. All right. So what's different now than it's been going on for the last thirty fucking years in the NFL? All of a sudden, they're wanting because everybody's getting quarterbacks are getting paid, and you got some receivers that are getting paid with this new CBA. The running backs think, "Oh, we should be getting paid." No, no. Let me ask you a question: When was the last time that you went, "Man, that team right there would have?" I'm talking about the NFL. We're not talking about college. We're talking about the National Football League. Okay. When was the last time you saw an NFL team and you went, "Man, you know what? By God, if they had had a really good running back, they would have won a Super Bowl." I mean, I have to go back and think about it, but off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I mean, I, the the teams that have won Super Bowls, frankly, the last. I mean, here, let me pull this up. 
That's my point. Not doing this over the top of my head. You're Super Bowl winners. Miss it for you. Super Bowl winners, NFL history. Uh, okay, we'll start with the most recent one. Uh, Kansas City beat Philadelphia. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Los Angeles beat Cincinnati, twenty-three to twenty. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is is Stafford on that drive and the terrible bogus call against Wilson in the in the end zone on third down. Uh, Tampa Bay beat Kansas City. I immediately think Tom Brady. Uh, Kansas City beat San Francisco. Mahomes. Uh, all right, here's one. I mean, I but I don't think it's about running backs. New England beat the Rams thirteen to three. I think about defense at that point. Belichick had such a plan for. Uh, Jared Goff and the Rams. But you would think Tom Brady on offense. Uh, Philadelphia beat New England 41-33. to 33. Um, The play that comes to mind is the the, the trick play involving um, – Do you know who the running back was for the Eagles? Uh, no. But you get what I'm saying here. Yeah, I'm just going back to see if I can find one. Uh, New England beat – okay, that's, that's, that's Brady. Denver beat Carolina 24-10. to 10. That was the uh, Peyton Manning game where uh, Cam Newton struggled – New England beat Seattle 28-24, so immediately I think of um, of Tom Brady. Seattle 43-8, I think Russell Wilson. Uh, Baltimore beat San Francisco 34-31. Who are the quarterbacks in that game? That's that's uh, Which one? Baltimore, San Francisco, Super Bowl. That would have been Colin Kaepernick and uh, – Is that Flacco still? Flacco. Flacco went to two Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, your point's well made. I yeah. mean, it goes all the way back. I mean, Drew Brees uh, in, in the win over, over Indianapolis, Pittsburgh over Arizona, I think more about the wide receiver play in that game than I do running back play, even though Jerome Bettis, was that was his big celebrated season. You get the Eli Manning uh, drive against New England. Um, Indianapolis beat Chicago. I think Peyton Manning. Pittsburgh beat Seattle 21-10 at Ford Field 2006. Maybe that's some Jerome Bettis there, but if I remember right, that's Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, I mean, no, we're going way back now. Yeah. So yeah. here's my point: is people forget that running backs are a dime a dozen of any position. And I'm, I'm speaking from an NFL perspective. This is not a college discussion. Okay, this is an NFL discussion. They get hit more than any single position. The most violent hits of any position in the National Football League. All right. When they're carrying the ball, obviously they're getting hit, right? <clears throat> and when they don't carry the football, they're in pass protection. So unless their guy doesn't blitz, which is very rarely, they may get out in a pass, uh, pass route. That's why you're seeing like, and I, I think Derek, somebody brought up Derek Henry earlier here. I think the reason Derek Henry, as violent as he is, has been able to survive as long as he has, is because they have, he doesn't play third down. They bring in somebody else, okay? They don't, they limit the hits on that guy. But when you talk about Saquon Barkley and those guys, every single NFL running back ends up hurt. Every one of them. Name a good running back in the NFL that hasn't been hurt. It's very hard to do. Okay? Yeah. And so, and this is well, and I we we talked about this, I think you and I have off there. I don't think I've talked about this on there before. But you have to look at the difference between the seasons, right? In college, okay, let's take Quinshawn Junkins, for example. He's the high, probably the highest paid running back in the country in college. We agree with that? Yes. Okay. So, it's either him or the, guy, or the kid at Michigan. Okay, they have a 12-game regular season. Is cool. that correct? Yes. Okay, how much is he going to play against Mercer? Uh, I mean, I would, I, would, I would guess roughly half a game. Okay. How, many, how much is he going to play against ULM? 
Well, I mean, it depends on whether that whether if it rains, he'll have to play a lot. Well, how much is he going to play? Half a game, right? I mean, yeah, because right, it so, probably won't rain that day. But if it does, so he's not playing twelve games; he's playing eleven games. Right. Okay. Now, how many games during the season? The other ten games in a regular season, will he play all four quarters? Um, six. Okay. So seven. Well, you get down to where he's really playing a ten-game season. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, and quarter-wise, yeah, yeah, he's sure. playing ten games. Sure. In the National Football League, you don't come out. Right. You play sixteen games. You play seventeen. Seventeen games. In, Plus in any preseason that you do and post postseason that you do. Yeah. So you can get in a situation if you make a run to the to the uh, championship game where you're playing twenty football games in one year. That's twice the amount of games that you're playing in college in one season. The guy is more violent. And here's the other thing: the college game guys are running a lot more laterally. And and their their first hits are in the, in the secondary. In the NFL, everything's in between the tackles. There is some outside stuff. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. a lot of inside the tackle stuff. And so the violence there, and their bodies just can't hold up. And so if you want to be mad at anybody, it's a running back position. They should be mad at their own players' union because the way that the the NFL running back they fall off so fast. How fast did Todd Gurley fall off? This guy went from being the best dude in the NFL to being out of the NFL in two years. Sure. You just fall off. And, you know, there's a saying in coaching that running backs are born, you know, how like with DNA, they're born with a certain amount of carries when they're born. And every every carry you take comes off that deal. And it hits them so fast. And so here's the problem, okay? If I was an NFL owner or GM, I would never pay a running back because your collective bargaining agreement in the NFL is the problem. All right? Question for you, Neil. I'm going to prove it to you right here. Okay. Who's the highest paid? Please tell me you didn't look this up. I did not. Sheet. Who do you think the highest paid running back in the National Football League is going to be this year? Um, I bet I could give you 10 guesses. So it's not an obvious name. Nope. I mean, the first name that came to mind was Christian McCaffrey. He will not be. Um, I don't know. There's no point in me doing that. What the if guy. I told you? Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, you're not going to guess it. He's okay. not going to have a team. What if I told you the top highest paid running back in the National Football League this year is going to be B. John Robinson? Oh, wow. A rookie. Wow. Good for him. Because of the collective bargaining. It's in what his slot and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So here, here's why it's a disadvantage. Okay, because let's talk about the, the Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl. Who was the, do you know who the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs that they just won a Super Bowl with? Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's the third team running back. Oh. That they drafted in the first round two years ago. Didn't know, I don't know. Isaac Pacheo. Could have given me a thousand guesses. Seventh round pick out of Rutgers. They have zero money guaranteed in it. Beats out Clyde in last year, became the starter. Right. Beats him out. Okay. Well, when you're drafted in the NFL, okay, rookies, they get they're on a four year deal. I think this is an ingenious move by the Bears, by the way. Because we all feel like he's gonna be a good player, right? If you're a first round pick, you get four years guaranteed and you get an option for a fifth-year option. But you're paying him on that rookie deal, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's good, you take it, you pick up your fifth-year option, and then you got two franchise tags. You can keep him right there, never have to overpay for him if he's really good, and you get the seven best years of his life. Makes sense. That's why they're mad because... Well, look, they agreed to it. Yeah, they agreed to it, but... Ezekiel Elliott, look how much he fell off so fast. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But you got Dalvin Cook. He fell off a little bit last year. Okay? 
he's out of a contract because these guys are wanting big money. Saquon, as good as he is, and it's probably why he's been dinged up so much, is he plays every down. Yeah. And so they have to play under the franchise tag because they're going to be a free agent next year. I just think it's a bad CBA, but you should never pay for a running back. Yeah, Jones gets more money because Jones is harder to replace. Yeah. Even though Jones is nowhere near the quarterback that Saquon Barkley is the running back. Because quarterback, you can't find find me thirty two dudes. I mean, that's that, well, that's can't. the position you can't that wins and loses games. You watch the Netflix show Quarterback. I mean, it's they're trying to get the Falcons are trying to get a quarterback, just trying to get quarterback play. Every, yeah. Everything was just trying to come up with anything. Well, look at like Ezekiel Elliott. He's supposed to be there. He's wanting this big deal and getting all this money, and he gets beat out by Pollard. What they spend on Pollard? I mean, that's just how the NFL works. Yeah, that's how the game works, and. But all this stuff with the NFL running backs, it's, it's crazy. Now, did you see the stuff with the Jonathan Taylor? Yes, I have kind of kept up with it a little bit because his agent is not doing him any favors. Oh, he's killing him. Yeah. He's killing him. So he, so for those that don't know, Jonathan Taylor, the running back from the Indianapolis Colts, goes to um, – wants a new contract. This is his fourth year on his four-year deal. Mm-hmm. He's a second-round pick, so there is no fifth-year option. So the agent is killing them. His, his new agent – uh, which was in, I think he got him in March or whenever it was. His new agent has been has basically killed him, um, threatened a lot of stuff, all this, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's on, he's under contract this year. Well, he comes back to want to play hardball, and so Jim Irsay, this is where it gets this is where it gets good. Jim Irsay is the guy that you don't want to fuck with in NFL. He's the longest tenured owner in in, in the National Football League, and he does not care what you think. Um, obviously by taking Anthony Richardson fourth. All right, he doesn't care. He's got he does what he wants to do. All right, sure. So it's his organization. His organization. It's his money. Yeah, sure. So he he tells him he reports Jonathan Taylor failed his physical when he reported to camp. So he had an ankle uh, surgery at the end of the season. Um, that and he had a back injury that they're determining is a non-football injury. Oh. So he says basically, what do you do? say he's working out. It's what they said, but that's not a. If you get hurt, this NFI is interesting now. Got to be in the building. Got to be in the building. If you get hurt, they'll call it for non-football injury list. Guess what? If they say, if he says, okay, you don't want, you want to play hardball? Good. We're going to put you on the NFI list, non-football injury list. That means this year doesn't count toward his contract. He would have to honor his fourth year next year with the Colts. This year would go away. Um, A.J. McCarron went through this his rookie year because he went and got a uh, – went to see a doctor about his shoulder – Yep. and got a shot, Yep, and they said non-football injury, to try to gain another year of his contract. Because their their deal was it wasn't our doctors who gave you the shot. Correct. Right. And they tried it, and he won an arbitration. But, right. But, you know, if you want to get funky, this is just a bad a bad deal, man. Uh, he needs to play. If the, I, I never think – the running back, I think the running back uh, franchise tag is like 10.4, 10.5. I would never pay a dime over that for an NFL running back. Saquon ended up getting a little more than that. Eleven, right? he got like three hundred thousand more dollars, but that was just so they could franchise tag somebody else because you can't franchise tag everybody. They could use it somewhere else, but anyway. All right, staying with the NFL, Neil. Yes. Let's talk. We did some SEC stuff. I want to do some NFL stuff since it's NFL season. Let's do the. Let's go through the East. We're going to do the AFC East and the NFC East. We'll start with the AFC East, which I think, in my opinion is the strongest division in all of the NFL coming up this year. Yeah, I can't argue that. Bunch of good teams. Jets are going to be much better. The Bills are, are, are a perennial playoff team. The Dolphins are a very good team. 
haven't been able to get over the hump. And then you got New England, who has quickly become the afterthought of that of that division. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Austin, the Super Chat said, could you guys see this snowballing into a future of football where kids stop wanting to play running back? I don't think so. I know there's there's stuff out there, but like the percentage of people that get paid to play running back is so small. You'd be just if that's what you're best at. You, people aren't like good other. I mean, Saquon's going to make eleven million dollars. Can we please not? That's not like I mean, it's not getting. He's, he's let's getting not, nothing. Let's not cry rivers here, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's good. Um, I mean, there are guys that are making millions of dollars to play football. football. I mean, take it. Yeah, come I, on. I, I don't think that's the case. All right, let's talk about the AFC East. All right, questions and concerns like we did last week, predictions, whatever you want to. I'll let, we'll do the prediction at the end. Let's talk about the Jets. Okay. So, obviously, where I'm at is I, I think they've made the right move. I, In my opinion, the greatest of all time, as far as the talented, is Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's one more. But Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Um, Bubby Brister. Bubby Brister. Um, him giving up $35 million dollars says a lot to to try to get more players in there which he want, it shows he wants to win. Um I will say this. Here's my jet here's my Jets hot take. If the Jets can't win with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback and everything they're doing with Wilson, they got so much young talent, so many good players defensively, they've re-signed all the guys, key players, they're supposed to be really good on defense. If they can't get it done with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, it's not a player problem. It's an organizational problem. I don't disagree, but I'm asking this. In the NFL, I mean, I think chemistry really matters. Players playing together, yeah. having time together. They are throwing a lot of pieces in, in, a short period of time. in a short period of time in a building and going, hey, figure it out in an NFL schedule where, you, like you said, you're, you're always playing good teams. There's no such thing as a bad NFL team. Yeah. The players are too good. It's so hard to – Think about think about it's how hard. it's really hard to get to a position where you're wearing an NFL uniform on Sunday. It's just hard, allegedly. And so everybody's everybody's good. So you don't ever really get a break. They're obviously elite NFL teams that have elite players at elite positions, et cetera, et cetera. You're throwing a lot together at a short period of time. And Aaron Rodgers, two things about him: one, he's super motivated to win. He wants to shove it up the Packers' big time uh, garage, and he. He wants to win, and he wants to win in New York, and he's motivated. But he's not getting any younger. I mean, you're right. He's a great player. He's a first ballot, immediate Hall of Famer. But now, Father Time, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, too. Um, he is untied, unscored upon. Yeah, so. Do you think it, Do you think he falls off this year? Father Time or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, Father Time. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Father he's Time. He's pretty damn good. He's consistent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look, he's, what, 40? Yeah, I mean, right uh, at it. yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, probably loses a little bit of zip on his fastball. Uh, probably a little less mo- mo- mobile in the pocket. Uh, I just think, what was Tom Brady? Forty-five. Yeah, but you go back. He's and look thirty-nine at, years old. You look at Tom Brady's last couple of years. Now he was he was slipping. Yeah, but five years ago he wasn't. No, no, no. So he's thirty-nine. Yeah, okay. I mean, but to answer your question, do I expect that he'll slip a little? Sure, of course. Now that doesn't mean he's not an elite quarterback. But yeah, I expect him to slip a little, and so you're throwing a lot of pieces together in a in a new place and all that stuff. My question is, in a division that is as competitive as that one, and in a conference that is as competitive as that one, is that asking too much for a team to overcome in year one? 
I, I know. I see where you're going. I just, dude, I, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Well, I am too. Um, that's not. That's not really the point. Yeah, though. no. I, I think he had I, all those years. He had I'm all those be, years. He had all those years in Green Bay where he was the franchise, and he had pieces around him that he had played with for a while. He had guys up front. They suck though, dude. But he had guys up front that he played with for a while. He sort of, yeah. Look, they never gave him all the tools that he needed. But you understand my yeah. point. You're asking him in year one, hey, we're throwing all these pieces together, new building, new organization, new conference, all this stuff. Go win, and not only go win, but hey. Uh, Really, anything short of the Super Bowl is not winning. It worked for Brady. In a, in a, it did. It worked for Brady. Uh, but you're, you're still, hey, in, in a conference that's going to include Patrick Mahomes, that's going to include Joe Burrow, oh, Justin Herbert, and then in your own division, you got a Bills team that that is very, very good. You've got a Dolphins team that, if they can figure it out with Tua, and we'll talk about them in a minute, yeah. if Tua can stay healthy and whatever. There were times last season where Miami was an elite team. And then New England's New England. Yep. No, um, what I was trying to say is I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, so I'm going to be biased and probably not give it a uh, – I'm admittedly being biased. I would, okay. I would like for them to uh, do well on his behalf because I'm, you know, pulling for the old guys. All right, next up, the Miami Dolphins. All right, go ahead. It's all there. Just Tua's got to stay healthy. I mean, last season when Tua went down, they, they, they weren't the same team. When Tua played well and was healthy, they were pretty damn good. Uh, they're they're very good on defense. Um, they do a lot of things well. Again, it's just your margin for error in that division, your margin for error in that conference is just so razor thin. There's so many good teams. Um, question: Obviously, the big deal is can Tua stay healthy, right? So far, if he gets if he gets bounced off the turf one more time with his head, how bad is that going to be this year? Well, I mean, at some point, Tua has to begin to think about life after football. I'm sure that he already has. He he always strikes me as a bright guy. I don't know if you've ever been around him or not. I have. Um, he strikes me as as a again as as a bright guy. So I I I would think for any of these people that have made life changing money that are playing a sport that's this violent, at some point you have to um, you have to weigh how bad you want to win and how badly you want to compete versus what what is my quality of life going to be when I'm 40? Yeah, it's a tough deal, but I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, you got Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill. Their defense is really good. They have all the pieces to be there. If if he can stay healthy for the whole year, I would go as far to say I don't know if they're not the favorites in this division. No. If Tua was – if you told me, hey, Tua's going to be healthy the entire year, play every – start every football game. So are you souring on Buffalo because of what happened in the playoffs? Or are you souring no. on Buffalo no. because you just kind of think their window has closed? No, I don't think their window's closed. I just think the Dolphins are that good. I think the Bills will be there. Being a playoffs, I love Josh Allen. But I'm just saying when they go – when they go when they play – because they played their best on best last year. And when their best on best played, the Dolphins won. Yeah, I, well, I'll I'll say it. I won't say that the Bills' window has closed, but I will tell you that it is not as wide open as it was a year ago. It is difficult, frankly. I mean, I, to be honest, yeah. okay? It is difficult to watch the Cincinnati-Buffalo playoff game in Buffalo. And frankly, the week before, where Buffalo was very fortunate to beat Miami, and that was a Miami team that did not have Tua. Right. They were fortunate to win that game. 
it's difficult for me to look at those two games and I watch them in their entirety and go, oh, yeah, that's a team that's a year away from the Super Bowl. They did not look like that. And look, on the night that DeMar Hamlin was was uh, suffered cardiac arrest, they were in the process of getting their ass kicked that night. Yeah. Okay. They, they were they were about to get blown out of the out of uh, Paycom in Cincinnati. We we didn't get to see that. Um, there's a quote from Patrick Mahomes about the week. You know uh, yeah. you know where I'm going. Who do you want to play? And he answered it honestly to his everlasting credit. Well, I should want to play Buffalo. They're a better matchup. But I want to play Cincinnati. I want to beat the Bengals. But in saying that, he admitted Cincinnati's better than Buffalo. Yeah. He knew it. Buffalo, we'll go ahead and ease into them right here. Buffalo, to me, um, is turning into the Patriots. And what I mean by that is this, is they don't have a ton of star power outside of Allen. But they're fucking good, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. It's, it's got, like, how the Patriots were. You know what I mean? Like when they you're starting that when you got some blue collar tough dudes that this is how we do things in Buffalo and they're and they're good and they're good players. Those, they don't have a, those a Patriot ton of, teams were really talented on defense. I mean, we, well, we, we taught Brady, 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 and but well, but they had, Buffalo's no slouch now. I, I know, I know, but I'm not convinced they're Patriot level when Brady was there. But I'm saying, but they what. You get, I'm try, I guess what I'm trying to say is they, they're building off their evaluations, their type of guy. They don't have to be a superstar. Yeah, right. It's just I get it. their type of players, and they're winning with them um, outside of Allen. Allen's a superstar in any, anywhere he plays. Um, I love watching them play. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. Yeah. Great um, uniforms. Whereas the Dolphins, comparing, we were just talking about the Dolphins, right? So kicking it back, where the Dolphins have superstar power. Yeah. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Jalen Waddle. You got some dudes. Sure. And, um, you know, I, I just think that's where – they're at, if you if the Bills won the division, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, shocker. Oh no, of course not. Uh, but I, if you told the, me the, that the Tua, team that's the the team that's the question mark, can they win the division? How far can they go? Is 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 the Jets? Yep. The Jets. I mean, if 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 it if they put it all together and it kind of gets rolling week four, week five, the the Jets have all of the firepower in the world to win, and they might in that division they might have the best defense. Yeah. Hardman says, I'm about to type it, so I'll just say it. Hardman says, Diggs says, hello. Yeah, I, I know that he's there, but like Diggs, even Diggs, okay? Diggs is a great player, okay? But how many other receivers would you pick over Diggs to be the number one guy on your team? I mean, a few. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. a great player, but he's not wide receiver one in damn Cincinnati. He's not in wide receiver one in Miami. At Miami. Um, he's probably not wide receiver one at the Jets. Um he would be at the Patriots. He's not wide receiver one at the Eagles, the guy we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, you know, so there's there's a bunch of teams that he's really good. Yeah. Um, but that's where that's at. All right, let's talk about the Patriots. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a Mac Jones fan. Um, we saw them play in person in December in Vegas. They, it was an even game. Neither one of those teams were particularly good. They, in fact, they both struck me as sort of mediocre NFL teams, and the product was still amazing to watch in person, which is the beauty of the NFL. It's why it's so good. Um, they've got it. They, they haven't given him the weapons that that if you're truly invested in Mac Jones, you would give him those weapons. It was one of the things that I think Tom Brady got frustrated about late in his tenure yeah. in New England was that hey, you're not surrounding me with enough dudes. Um defensively they're going to be a good team because that's just what they are that's their that's their uh mo but you know if you told me new england's a better team this season than they were a year ago i buy it but 
I don't know that just being a little better is going to get you going to close the gap in a division full of really good teams. Um, I think they're going to be a little better. Look, I love their culture, what they do. That's kind of my style, right? Um, shocker. Getting um, Bill O'Brien back and actually getting I, – I thought last year was one of the worst experiments in football history in the National Football League taking a known defensive coordinator, making him the offensive coordinator, yeah. and taking a special teams coach and making him the quarterback's coach. I thought the design of offensive plays last year from a coaching perspective on offense in New England was – I mean, I, I saw more invention out here at Charger Stadium when they played uh, Lafayette. I mean, it's just – it was very vanilla – um, didn't like anything about what they were doing offensively. I think bringing Bill O'Brien back, I, I think – I like Mac Jones. I think he'll do fine, but I'm with you. They got to get a running back, which I think they've had Ezekiel Elliott in the last couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but they, they've had some guys in. They're trying to get some players to help him. Damian Harris has got to get some help. Uh, he's getting beat up. Another shocker, another running back getting beat up. But I'm with you. But I, I think Bill O'Brien being there, they're going to be better. Um, in a nutshell, talking about the AFC East, if you ask me about a prediction, like I said, it's all depending on health. One injury to any of these teams could basically derail the entire division. Josh Allen goes down, they're screwed. Sure. Aaron Rodgers goes down, they're screwed. Tua goes down, they're screwed. Well, I was reading a story about the Bengals where they were talking about how, you know, they, they feel like they have organizational depth to the point where they can overcome any injury. And then the I think it was the – Offensive coordinator. Joe Burrow said, "Hold my beer and watch well, this." No, the off- <laughs> no, it was, it was after Burrow. It was what made him write it. And the offensive coordinator said, "With the exception of one, of course." You know, I mean, there's there's one injury that's not surmountable. Yeah, that you when you you know if you lose if you lose in the NFL if you lose your starting quarterback, you're probably done. Yeah, it's just they're just one. I don't know. So it's such a fine line at quarterback with those. All right, let's talk about NFC East. All right. The defending NFC champions, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles fans hate my guts, by the way. So this all be fun. Who you got? You like them? Don't like them? Repeat? No repeat? Where you at? So they're the prohibitive favorite. Um, I think. I think there's something to be said for the Giants and the and the way that they played last season. Although sometimes it felt like it was fortuitous. Yep. Um. They could regress a little, and I wouldn't be particularly surprised. Um, the commanders are fine, but they're not. They're not the threat there. The, the interesting team is and always is Dallas, and this feels to me like with Dallas, this is okay. This is it. This is your. This is your last shot. Like if if you told me that the football gods came down and said Dallas didn't win a playoff game, that's all I'm going to tell you. Dallas didn't win a playoff game. That's the extent of the information for you today, Neil. Dallas didn't win a playoff game. We're headed back to football godland. I go, that's probably it for most everybody. They're going to rebuild the whole damn thing. That's it for Dak. That's it for they got they go they're gonna It does feel like a big year for Dak, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it feels like it'd be one of the questions if the football gods came down and said, All right, you've taken some abuse on your board today. There's literally a debate on your board today about whether Kate Upton is attractive. Really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, Somebody says no. We'll dive into it in a minute. If you, want to. <laughs> you have a you have a list of things you want to talk about, and 
This Kate Upton thing to me is crazy. <laughs> I, 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 hey, real quick before you get off. I mean, before you get but, off. But on my Kate point, Upton. my point is, if you if they came down and said you have five questions, one of them would probably beat this Dallas win a playoff game. Triple Mass said Damian Harris is a bill. Now that's a complete brain fart on my on my part there, Triple. I totally fucking forgot that some bitch went to. Uh, I probably should know that since I recruited the guy. <laughs> yeah, you should. Probably probably should know that's that. That's okay. Oh, Jeff Jeff Collins would be very upset at me that I'd be I'd be wearing my my Patriot shirt today and he's not with the Patriots. He's with the Bills. All right. Um, feels very very big for the for Dallas. I still wide receiver. Got to get the. Huh, come on, let's go. We got to have some more production of wide receivers. Um, I like Pollard. Can he carry the load for the whole year? I don't know. Dude, we can talk about all we want to. Defensively, they're going to be really good. Like That's the thing is Dak doesn't even have to be great. Just don't lose the game. Just score just a few points. Their defense is really good. Um, I'm kind of feeling the Cowboys win the division this year. Oh, wow. Why am I saying that? I didn't say they was going to a playoff game. I feel the Cowboys are going to win the division this year. Um, we can just go right to the Eagles because they're going to be next. I think there's going to be major drop-off in Philly. I do. We're going to get to that. We can get to the AFC. We'll get to the South and all that stuff later okay. on. I think losing the OC to Indianapolis to be the head coach, that guy's done magic with Jalen Hurts. Really, Jalen Hurts last year, obviously, played so far above his head, like as far as just being a real quarterback, throwing the football, being a balanced quarterback, throwing and running. I think that's going to hurt a little bit more than, than people think with uh, – I think it's gonna hurt a little bit more than people think with him going going to Indy. So I'm gonna say the Eagles finished second in the division. Oh, I don't think they finished first this year. What do you got? What's your opinion on the Eagles? I, I, I'm just not as high on Dallas as other people. I, I, I'll go Eagles win. Well, you gotta agree they have a great defense. They do. I'm just. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, you have no faith in offense. I just don't. They got some pieces. They got some stuff to fill. I'm going to go Eagles 1, Dallas 2, Washington 3, Giants 4 in a division where nobody sucks. Hey, can I can I say something uh, at, right after I say It's your show. You can say that, whatever you want. That this episode is brought to you by the Biden, Biden administration. Yeah. Why in the fuck are we going to change their name again? Because this one was stupid. So come up with something better. It's kind of like Ole Miss and their mascot deal. They just keep 
whiffing. Yeah, but this is, I mean, this is stupid. Well, the commanders. Okay. Well, does you anyone it, like it? They chose it. Well, but they can blame it on ownership now. They have new ownership. They can go, and this is stupid. Let's come up with a better But how many NFL teams changed their name, Neil? I don't know. How many are named something as dumb as the commanders? Which, because in there my was lifetime, nothing wrong with Redskins. In my lifetime, they nobody has changed their name. With it. They should have just stuck with the Redskins. Oh, don't disagree. But in my lifetime, the only team that has changed their name is the Redskins slash football team slash commanders. And there, there's a chance that they're going to be going into like next year, their fifth year with four different names. Dumbest shit I've ever heard in my well, life. Well, when you change the name and it's a bad name, people are like, well, I don't like this. People in Cleveland don't They're like Guardians. They're not going to like anything, though. They're not going to like anything but the Redskins. Then go back to be the Redskins. Oh, that, now, what would happen? I would buy merch. I mean, what would happen if you just said, hey, I would buy, I would become a fan. Back. I would buy, I would become a fan. I may get a tattoo. I'm joking. Uh, but come on, man. If they bring the Redskins back, I'd be Go a back fan. to be the Redskins. I'd be a fan. John Riggins, Joe Theismann. Daryl Green. I'd be all in. I think that. I mean, you think about those Redskins team when the Redskins played the Cowboys back in the day or when the Redskins played the Eagles. or, or Those were rivalries, and now the Commanders are an afterthought. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's that way. It's so stupid. When the Cleveland Guardians go play the Atlanta Braves, the Braves are like, we're the Braves. We're still the Braves. But y'all had to change. Why? No, I'm, I mean, I got to be honest with you. In this if world, the Bra- if it, the Braves it, change their name, I'm not. But I'm not a Braves fan. Anymore. If you walk around and go, I tell you what, man, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. But the fact that a sports franchise might have a bit of a controversial name, that's more than I can overcome. Then you're just too soft. Soft, soft. It's just okay. Nobody, nobody's harmed by that. They're not. They're not. Can I say something about the softness of America? Like, too? should I be pissed off about the Fighting Irish? Yeah, you should. Because, I mean, I'm not violent. You should start a petition. So we had it a... It just con- doesn't matter. It's one of those things that didn't matter. They didn't need to change it. You're just giving in. For the, it's so dumb. Yeah. It's, so we had a uh, comment on uh, TikTok on one of the videos Cole put out. He put out the video of uh, Jeff and I talking about the first time I got our ass ripped by Nick. And some guy commented, Nick's just a giant asshole. And so I made sure to let him know, no, he's not. He's a really good dude, but we're just not as soft as you are. Why do people gotta why do people have to be so fucking soft? It drives me nuts. Which brings me in to our next topic. Do you have any bills before we move on? I'll tell you about about uh heat. It's hot outside. If it's too much for your uh, AC to handle, get in touch with the friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great people, same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, Batesville, the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, South Haven, those areas, get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. All right, we teased this on Friday, Neil. Front office sports writer, A.J. Perez, wrote an article, conveniently that was released right before P.J. Fleck went to media days. And... Basically was a hit piece on PJ's culture mm-hmm. at Minnesota, the things that he he does there. And the sources of the article, and I always say this, when you see these hit pieces, make sure you consider the sources. So the guy who was the source of part of this information has been floating this story for like three years now. Okay. Because he is a disgruntled former, I think he was on the Board of Regents. Of at Minnesota. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he was on the Board of Regents for University of Minnesota. 
And they do this hit piece, and and they interviewed some players. Shockingly, the players that they interviewed were the guys who've been dismissed or kicked off the team. Shocker. But I want to talk about a couple things they did. The first thing was in this hit piece where talked about how P.J. Fleck and Nickel, who was the uh, strength coach, were obsessed, quote, and I quote, obsessed with players' weight. Okay. They forced or they made them, I don't say forced, it said they made them drink three protein shakes before they left the facility. Okay. Shocker. So does every yeah. obsessed with your weight. Let me explain how everybody in America is obsessed about weight. Well, it's like the the, the Nick Saban, the, the walk-on wide receiver who does the this did the spot-on Nick Saban. Yeah, Ezel. It Robbie was Ezel. all about. He's a tight ends coach at South Alabama, by the way. Is that right? Yeah. It was all about making weight. Yeah. The whole the whole uh, skit was about making weight. Neil, you're going to go. You're going. Are y'all? Do y'all have access to practice at Ole Miss? Uh, yeah, at first. Okay. Guess what happens every time a player comes in in the building today? You know what he's required to do? Weigh in. Weigh in. Do you know what he's required to do before he leaves? Weigh in. But weigh out before he leaves well, yeah. because you have to monitor what they're doing if they're gaining weight, not gaining weight. How much? If they're losing too much yeah, water. Yeah, too much water weight. And you have to get back within that to be able to practice. They'll know if you're dehydrated or not. Right. Okay, there is a reason for this. but Because it, in this humidity, if you're dehydrated, you, you no, could something, something bad could happen. Yeah. Ask me how I know Sunday morning. Yeah. So, but if you're like a normal person and you're in this off season, you have nutrition programs that, yeah, they're going to make you drink shakes at Alabama, we had a uh, red line, green line, or uh, red line, yellow line, and green line. And somebody was trying to gain weight, lose weight, or maintain based on what you ate, because you have to get them to their ideal weight. Happens at every program in America, but mm-hmm. we're going, we're going to write it. That's that's terrible. I can't believe they're doing that. All right, and here's where it starts getting crazy. So he writes this article. And he says that that players could receive what they called the Fleck Bank could receive coins that go in the Fleck Bank if they did good deeds, did good things in, in public or whatever, right? Okay. And that they would get preferential treatment on things such as drug tests. Could not. So as soon as I read that, I was like, this guy's full of shit. Because that's not how drug tests that's work. not how drug tests work. Right. Okay. Drug You're, tests are random. The NCAA gives you a list. Are they, are, there's two kinds of drug tests, right? An NCAA drug test, which is completely random, and it's and the list is sent to you by that. And then you have school drug tests, which is also random. Okay. But the drug tests are performed not by your university. Mm-hmm. They're performed by a company that does that. Right. That's what they do. Right. You can't control what's fucking done on a drug test. It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. And then we talk about, hey, preferential treatment, okay? There are school policies. Every school has a school policy on failing drug tests, some more liberal than others. But every single school has a policy. And you can't, you can't say, oh, he, he doesn't get that because of this. No, trust me. I've seen some crazy shit when it comes to drug tests, all right? He doesn't even have anything to do with it. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. All right, I'm gonna come, remind me to come back to the Fleck Bank, by the way, before we get done. All right, and this is where I get. Every time you say Fleck Bank, I think something else that I've. What is wrong with you? I don't know. All right, and here's where I started getting really upset as far as the softness of America. (laughs) Okay, and this is a problem. This is I'm facing a rage right here. Here it comes. Here comes your rain rage. Right. Try not to go overboard on the F. Okay, no F bomb. I'm going to try to do it. No F bomb. We're trying to trying to no F bomb. Trying to sell this show a little bit. No F bombs here. (laughs) 
the softness of our world to where our, our uh, show is under the microscope. Okay. The softness of the world right now is they complained about having to run for punishment. They got, they got in trouble, but they had to exercise because of punishment. Mm-hmm. So they had to run up stadiums with a weight over their head. And that, that's the problem. Then they had to bear crawl 400 yards. That's the problem. And we're blaming coaches and people in charge. How about this? Why doesn't anybody look at what the son of a bitch did? Why isn't that a problem? Can you do this in Nick Saban's voice? Oh, yeah, I could do it. All right, do that. It'd be even better. Hey, I mean, what? I'd have to drop an F-bomb, though. That's okay. If you do it as Saban, hey, that's okay. If you do it as Siski, it doesn't have as much. Why in the fuck are we sitting here blaming the coaches and not looking at the actual action that took place? How about that? Is that pretty good? That's good. All right. But so the guy gets caught, gets in trouble for drinking, was one of them. Right. He gets in trouble for drinking and they made him run stadiums. Well, no shit, Sherlock. What fucking planet are you on that that doesn't occur? Yeah, because they talk about that during the week. Hey, I but- mean, hey, I, run, I ran them 13-year-olds in baseball if they screw up. I mean, it's just part of sports. Tell me you didn't play sports without telling me you didn't play sports and write this article. Guarantee you this guy wears three masks driving down the street <laughs> in his car by himself. Guaranteed. So soft. That is so soft. And so to close this bitch up on this, I have a good friend of mine that coached with PJ. Okay. And he said I could use what he said. I'm not going to say his name. Oh, and he actually just texted me again. I won't say what he just texted me on that one. He's not listening, so he sent text someone else. So I sent him the article. This okay. was last week. All right. He said – This sink- is someone who, who coached with P.J. Fleck for two at years. Minnesota. For two years. Okay. At Minnesota. All right. He says, seems like it's just something that circulates every year now. He goes, you know my feelings on this is a bunch of bullshit. Never in my life have I heard of the Fleck Bank coins. Also, he and then there was another thing that said that you could get out of trouble mm-hmm. if you prayed with PJ. Okay, he says I would have immediately gone. Nah. Yeah, he he goes. Also, he doesn't even pray, so that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> he says seems like another reporter just trying to make a story. The reporter is getting crushed, and then he goes, um, um, he goes. I said I'm going to use this on my podcast today. He said, please do. You can use my statements. That's fine. I'll stand on the table for PJ. Oh, there you go. But you have players coming out and saying, but like, look, when, here's the truth is when you get 18 year old kids, there was a stat. It will, I have to go back and look at it, but I remember there was a stat, you know, 10 years ago, what it was, it was like 73% of scholarship players came from a single parent home. I cannot tell you how many players that I coached that did not have a father figure in their life. I can't, I mean, just countless. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times when you get a kid, and I coach receivers, but when you get a kid, you are the only father figure they've ever had in their life. And so you ha- there's things you have to do to, to make them productive citizens and make, and make them understand there's a lot of life lessons in football, but part of it's being held accountable for your actions. If sure. You, if you want to be a, a, a good human being, you, sure. you have to be held accountable for your actions. You can't just run ragged. And so I like what his – it may not be for everybody, and I'll t- and I've, I've said this. Hell, I told Nick this when Nick we were going we would recruit people. Not it, Alabama's not for everybody. It's not. Some people aren't mentally tough enough to handle that. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. And so when you recruit, you have to find mentally tough people. That's really important. You have to have find people that fit your program. 
But playing college football is not for everybody. No, of course not. And that's why, just to be honest with you, it's very difficult. Yes. All right? And that's why. I had this conversation with someone the other day. Football is a hard game. It's a hard game. And if you want to just be honest about it, go look at all these guys in recruiting that love them some recruiting. Okay? That are big attention people in recruiting. Yeah. Look at the high high percentage of them that never pan out. Oh, it's it's a warning sign for me. It's one of the reasons that I'm not fit for the whole recruiting coverage thing. I'm good at a lot of the other stuff, I think, but I'm not good at it. And one of the reasons is all of the drama stuff. If I were in a coach's shoes, and I know sometimes you got you got to yes, do it, right? Sometimes you got to play. Sometimes you got to do it. But it would be, and t- t- tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm wrong a lot. But it's my personality, and you know me pretty well. Yeah. Like like this past weekend, the Cubs and Cardinals played, and there was this whole thread on my board that was turned into like trash talk. Back, in, I, I never participated. <laughs> I, I I hate that stuff. I'm not a drama guy. And when a kid goes. Does the drama stuff in in the back of my mind? I I go bust. Watch him; he's gonna bust. A he's high a bust. majority of them. And the ones on the other hand, the ones who kind of do it with no fanfare and just commit to a school, and they just stick to the commitment and they go play. I'll give you an example: Quinshawn Judkins. No big deal. Just committed to Ole Miss. People said, "Why Ole Miss?" They were kind of the first ones to offer me. Well, you've got other offers now. Yeah, but they they were first, and I kind of liked them. I stuck with them. And when when his running back coach went to Miami, he he listened for a minute, but he said, "No, you know, must stay." And look at him. Oh yeah, and and there's lots of examples like him. Lots, lots, lots. You know who my favorite one is? Who? At Alabama, it came down to uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and I I don't want to say the other guy, the kid's name, but Minka was committed to us a long time ago. Never wavered. Was in New Jersey, right in the middle of Big Ten. Was getting hammered by Penn State, getting hammered by Michigan, getting hammered by Ohio State. Never wavered, Neil. And he was the nicest. No drama. Never even visited. Never even went on an unofficial visit after he committed. was great. Come down, visit. Just the most sample of a human being, one, human being that you want. Two, a sample of a recruit that you want. No drama, great kid, the whole deal. We almost dropped him. I'm not going to say we. I'm going to say we because I was on the staff. I wasn't part of this decision. But there was a discussion about dropping him and picking up another kid, taking another kid that was highly rated, just loved him some recruiting, okay? Loved him some recruiting. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't. We stuck with Minka. Well, what happened to Minka? Was he one of the highest-paid safeties in the league right now? First-round pick, baller, extraordinaire. The other kid went to an SEC school, transferred after one year, went to an FCS school, and couldn't play at an FCS school and never played, never played past, like, three years of football. Really high-ranked kid. So there's a lot to say uh, to that. All right, we're going to uh, get off of that. I want to finish up with a couple things here. We'll do Pac-12 at some point in time before the season starts. But I had this conversation. I want to see what your your opinion on this is. Okay. Coaching buddy of mine were talking on the phone, I guess this was Saturday, um, about this Colorado thing, about Dion, how I think he was going to do and all that stuff. I've come to the realization that it really doesn't matter what he does this year. Okay, because you got two, you got, there's like a line drawn, right? You either think Dion is going to work and going to do great things at Colorado or you don't, right? There's like, okay. there's faction in the coaching world, right? Okay. There's faction with the fans. There's pro Dion people and negative. There's a lot of negative Dion people, a lot of pro- positive, right? In coaching? In coaching and in fans, right? Okay, sure. Well, this, that's okay. This debate is not going to get settled this year. Oh, no, 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 and, no. No, it's not one year. But there are people, both sides are going to try it. And it doesn't matter what happens because they were one in eleven last year. 
This is what's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, they were they were awful. They're awful. Let's say he goes four and eight. I did a Pac-12 preview with Antonio Morales yesterday, and he was talking about how bad Colorado was and how three wins, four wins would be, frankly, a remarkable accomplishment. But you're going to have people that go, see there, he went four and eight. Didn't work. And then there's going to people say, he went four and eight. They were 300% better than what they were last year. It's not going to be settled. Barring him going eight and four, it's not going to be settled. I think we're all sitting at six and six. He goes to the bowl game. I think that is – it shuts up the people who thinks it's not going to work. If he doesn't go to a bowl game, long as he wins more than one game, people are going to be like, see, he's better. There's not – this argument is going to go on for another year. And I don't think I can take it for another year. I just want to see the shit on the field. I'm all in, though. I'm, I'm so curious. I want to see what his recruiting looks like after he's coached a season. I will say this. They have – a unbelievable coaching staff now. Sean Lewis yeah. came in from Kent State. No, no, he's ball coach. They're good. Okay. Yeah, he's you got, got a good staff. You got Charles Kelly. You got some series out there. You got there's some bona fide coaches. He's got some real he's done a really good job assembling coaches around him. Yeah. I won't judge him until year three. Year three? Yeah. I what works in year three? What would make me mm-hmm. judge him? Well, if in year three they're four and eight, I'd go, it's not working. If in year three they're eight, four, nine, three, and they're competitive in the Big Twelve, I'm like, wow, look at the job he did. I mean, that's what I would think. I mean, but I, I I'm not judging anything in year one. He's, he inherited one in eleven. Oh, it's like I say this about Freeze all the time. People talk about what was one of the best coaching jobs you ever saw. Seven and six. People go, what do you mean? I'm like, it was the best coaching job I ever saw. Best coaching job I've ever been a part of. Because that team had no business winning seven games. We had one and a half SEC football players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then they had a handful of dudes that were really young. They'd all been beat down, and they didn't know how to win, and they didn't believe in themselves, and the culture was terrible, and all of that stuff. And he came in and did that in, in, in short order. It was one of the most brilliant coaching jobs I ever saw. I mean, if you could write a book about a team or a program, that would be one of the leading candidates. I mean, that was that was a remarkable accomplishment, getting that team to to compete the way that it did. That was not only the best coaching job that I've ever, you know, worked with somebody doing. That was probably the most fun I've had in a season coaching. It was a fun team to cover. Because you knew even at practice, you know what I mean? Like you knew spring practice was rough. But yeah. when we came back for fall, like they, the buy-in was complete, you know? Yeah. And I, I remember I remember going out to spring practice. This is a true, true story. We you didn't at the time you didn't know how good we were at Arkansas State. You just knew we had one good year, but you didn't realize all the NFL guys we had on yeah. the team. But I remember my wife coming up and asking me. She brought the boys. Uh, we we were practicing on a Friday afternoon, I think. It was a Saturday morning. I don't remember, but she brought the boys down because they hadn't moved yet. And got to see my boys. I'm on there, and she goes, "Well, how's it going?" I said, "We are going to suck." <laughs> she goes, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I said." Our team at Arkansas State would beat this team at Ole Miss by thirty points. Well, and, and that's not hyperbolic. Had had your team at Arkansas State in twenty eleven played that Ole Miss team at the end of twenty eleven, it would have been, killed it, them. It would have been a thirty point game. Yeah, we were we were good. That was a legit. That was that was a really good team. Um, but anyway, long story short is you know I think he's going. I think he's going to. My, here's the question with Colorado, and we'll talk about them in the Pac twelve preview. But Shador Sanders, they're doing a great job recruiting and getting other players. Mm-hmm. But what the head coach's son is a quarterback. Right. He's got to be good. Yeah. He's not going to be replaced. And no recruit is going there to, 
to go, hey, I'm going to go sit behind George right, Sanders. Right. He's got to be good. Yeah. If the quarterback position is not good, I don't care what else what else you got around him. I think that's a big critical part of this whole scenario here. Some people have asked me to weigh in on this. I will be very quick. So it's a little bit shtick. Okay. This is this Kate Upton thing. <laughs> okay. The, the, I was trying to find the, it. The, 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 the topic is Neil's mild obsession with Kate Upton. Because I talked about Justin Verlander's on the trade block. Justin Verlander's okay. with the Mets. He might get traded. Justin Verlander just seems to win, right? You know, he, yeah, he goes he to does. Houston. They win. Yeah. I've always made the joke about he's married to Kate Upton. She's worth millions. He's worth millions. If the worst thing that happens in a day to Justin Verlander is the the Rangers knock him up for seven seven runs, you know, eight hits and two and a third. As he walks to the clubhouse, it has to cross his mind. I'm married to Kate Upton. It's all right. It's all going to be okay. I've got rings. It's all good. It's all good. And so he says, discuss how very average Kate Upton is. Especially, really? Yes. Especially, average? Average. He says, especially as a supermodel. Pretty girl? Sure, maybe. Supermodel? Meh. Okay, I got, I got multiple takes. <laughs> now, many of these are not going to be super popular. All right? Most of the supermodels now are girls in their upper teens, low 20s. Girls that are literally the age of my daughters. So when I'm around my daughter's friends, many of them are attractive. However, never, literally not once, do I look at a girl that age and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my thing. No, of course not. <laughs> They're kids. <laughs> They're kids. I mean, I don't look at that. I, there's fewer things more creepy. I don't, I like to piss people off when I, I read people talking about, yeah, one of the things about going up to campus at wherever is looking at the girls. I'm like, you're in your forties. You're going on campus, looking at college girls. Like what's, I mean, what's right. next? All right, I got some questions for you here. Does Laura know about your Kate Upton? Yes. Would Laura give you a hall pass for Kate Upton? Ooh. I mean. <laughs> you have to think about it. No, but <laughs> Laura's smart enough to know that Kate Upton would laugh out loud and just bless your sweetheart. <laughs> Probably sign a Justin Verlander baseball for me or something. That'd be about the extent. So, no. I mean, not, no. But, I mean, just, look, I mean, I think Laura's smart enough to know that most red-blooded American males look at Kate Upton and think, I mean, there's a reason she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue all those years, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, she's all right. She passes the eye test with, she passes the test with, you know, when they do, like, polling data. Yeah. Like, is this attractive to the masses? <laughs> yes, of course. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, be like me going, I don't know why you keep looking at Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. Nice looking guy. Wait, whatever. Right. The case may be right. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's kind of like my wife hates, hates watching TV with me. Hates it. Okay. With a passion. Cause I'm usually watching sports or some movie she doesn't like, but you know what movie? If I, Cause I, I, I genuinely like the movie. Yeah. You know what movie she comes out and watches every time? No. Moneyball. Uh, <laughs> I know it's because she doesn't like the story. It's Costner. <laughs> yeah. No. Moneyball. Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny how that always works out. I, I do love that uh, between two ferns when uh, Brad Pitt is with uh, Zach Galifianakis, and you know Zach Galifianakis asks him, "Do you are you ever bothered that 
there's so much focus on your looks and not the fact that you're just a shitty actor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great uh, deal. And, and I watched the whole Pitt just, Pit just stares at him, you know? All right, I want to wrap up with this today, Neil. And, and, and yeah, let, let, let me finish this Kate Upton thing because I, <laughs> I got. It's definitely something is really so triggered I, you. I'm, I'm seeing Kate Upton's age. How old is Kate Upton now? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm trying to find out. Hardman says she's 31 in the chat. Is that right? I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm taking Hardman's word for it. I'm almost there. I've done a little bit of a Kate Upton deep dive here for a second. Um, I'm surprised you don't know. I'm surprised you don't know her birthday and send her flowers. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I thought it was on your poster that was on the wall over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was born in 92. So, yeah. yeah. 31 or be 31 this year. 22 years younger than me. I mean, that's creepy enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's full on creep already. She's, she, I mean, anybody who says she's not attractive, give me a break. I mean, that's, that's insane. I, come on. All right. And like, frankly, <laughs> the whole supermodel, super duper skinny. It's not your thing. Is, it's not, that's not my thing, if I'm honest. I just like, I'm, I'm, I think my wife's a supermodel, so I'm, I'm going to go home with brownie points today. That's fine. <laughs> We'll talk after the show. I, I, I tell my <laughs> wife every day how pretty she is. I mean, no, I'm just you know what I mean? I mean, that, come on. That, that whole that whole you can't ever notice another woman thing is ridiculous. That's stupid. Or that she, you, you honestly believe Aaron never notices another guy? I mean, that's it's idiotic. <laughs> no, Neil. That's so stupid. She said, you, you know what? My That just made me laugh my, in my head here. So I have talk about weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. I have this number. I've told you this privately. I cannot get, if I get to 200, like I've never seen 200 pounds. I've gotten damn close a bunch. I will just, cause I eat terrible. You stay over 200. No, I've never seen, I've never hit 200. Oh, but I've gotten to 199 a few times. And that's when I like, I go, OCD, oh, I, I go okay. OCD about it and I'll go back down yeah, and yeah. I'll go back I, up. I can relate. All that stuff. Right. So true story. We played, uh, we played Oklahoma in the sugar bowl in 13 we got beat. And I stayed up. I was pissed. We lost. The game was late night. Sugar Bowl was late night night or whatever. Yeah. And we were going to fly out the next morning. So we had this. They did a really good job setting us up in the Sugar Bowl. We had like three rooms. Okay. They're all connected. They had like a suite in the middle. Had a king bedroom that attached off one side of the suite. And a double for the kids on the other side, you know? Yeah. So I was not in a good mood. So I came home. Get home at like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And was drinking. Well, we had to leave at the hotel at like 7 o'clock to get on the plane to go back home. And I didn't even bother Aaron. I just stayed in the suite. They had one of those, I forgot what you call them, when you pull the beds out of the wall. Uh, Murphy beds? Is that when you pull them out of the wall? Uh, they had one of those in the suite. So I, I, yeah. I, stayed I don't up, know what they're called. But I stayed I up drinking are. about four thirty, five o'clock. Okay. And by myself. That's what. That's where I was at. And, um, that's okay. Yeah, I was not in a good mood. And so I'm in my underwear, all right, and I'm going to go take a shower. And of course, she was. She had came home way before. She was in the bed when I got back. All that stuff. Well, she was packing up, you know, stuff. And I walked, in, and I just think about this every time. She's like, "Man, my husband's hot." <laughs> I'm walking in. I'm literally 199 pounds on the nose. And I walk, and they had this full mirror down the side. Ooh, it's not good. And I walk from the side, and I just look. I gave her a kiss, and I just looked at the mirror, and I went, "Fuck, I gotta quit." <laughs> That was, that was the worst I have ever looked in my life. And I was like, 
And I looked at I looked and said, and you get to, and you get to see this every day, baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, poor lady, she has no chance. All right. That's where you're like, when you were 15, 16, this is what you fantasized yeah, this is what about, you, this right? What you this is about. what you want. Happy life. Yeah. All right. I want to finish up with this. That's how I am with my hair. I'm always like, you want to run your hands through, through my hair a little bit? That's right. Neil, a few things. I didn't even have this on the list. We need to, so for the fans, y'all need to get with us and let us know what you think the best punishment for losing the bet the bets will be this year. We got yeah. we got to get on that. So let's put the ground rules down. Okay, ground rules down. It can't be about eating things. Okay. And no tattoos. All right. I did think of something like this, but I don't think you would be down for it. Okay. Can we do a loser do the mayonnaise bath? You don't have to eat anything. Just a just a just a cooler full of just mayonnaise, and then just dump it. Like, Here's the thing. All over. That's funny until I start vomiting, and then it's you think not. it would make you puke? Yeah. The smell of it would probably. What if make we put? Me puke. What if we put nose things on your on your nose? Put nose plugs so you can't smell anything. I mean, I just don't think it's a risk you want to take. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I mean, the projectile vomiting would not be great. All right, we got to come up. We got to come up with a punishment for losing the bets this this year. Right, I agree with we that. Got, we got like a month. Right, so we got time to talk about it. But just as the fans, and know, realistically, it's it's what punishment Neil's going to get because I'm. You never know, man. You never know. So y'all be thinking about that. We'll take a poll on that. All right, um, but here's the thing: something I want to talk about from a betting standpoint. I think because I've seen some of these early lines come out, I think Vegas is making a major mistake in college football. Okay. I, they're acting like there's no clock rule change. These overs are so high, and the games are going to be shortened with this clock rule. I think I'm going to try to hit some unders early in the season until they get this down, because you're going to have a – you're going to have – I mean, it's going to be an NFL game, minus the last two minutes. Clocks don't stop on first down. Yeah, I do think the lines, I do think the big lines early are going to be um, an, an op- fertile ground for for gamblers to, I mean, you, to take some to take some underdogs on big lines to take some unders until they figure it out. Because you're gonna have, you know, if you're getting first downs, clock's not stopping at all. I mean, it's gonna be an NFL game until the last two minutes. So I'm interested to see how that works out. But if I see a big line like a 70-plus line in the game, I'm just going to take the under and just go with it. I think that's going to be the, the play early in the season. Because then once you get a lead and you know the possessions are shrunk, it's going to make the coaches get in a four-minute mode quicker. Yeah, I see what you're saying. No, I, I agree. I've heard some numbers on some lines early that people are projecting, and I'm like, oh, I think I'd go under there. Grind just said Ole Miss and Tulane's over-unders at 76-and-a-half right now. Is that right? That's that's what he said oh, this under, morning. Yeah, under, I, I love the under. I don't crush think, it. It's a lot of points. I don't think it's going to be that game. I don't think it's going to be. Well, a here's the other game. thing in that game: the heat late in that game is going to have people wanting to kind of get out of it. If you're going to that game, bless you guys. That's a, that's a tough one. All right, because if you're a coach in that game and you get up 28, 31 points, I mean, you know you play again next week. And in Lane's case, hey, you play Alabama. and – not in 14 days, you you probably don't want to dehydrate people to the point of you, you you know, a cramp turns into a muscle injury. Yeah. You don't need soft tissue injuries. All right. As we finish here, Neil, I got a little thing called things Neil could care less about. This is going to be a one minute segment here. All right. UFC 291 was this past weekend. 
I know you watched zero cents of it, zero zero percent. I did see your thread on it, but no, I did not. The um, it was at altitude. It was in Salt Lake City, so I think ten of the twelve fights ended under the distance. So a lot of knockouts, chokeouts, all that stuff. So that was exciting. Um, Dustin Poirier got knocked out by Gaethje and the BM won the BMF belt. You know what the BMF belt stands for? Big bad motherfucker. That's, what, okay, that's was, how we do it in the UFC. I was going to guess that was, that. I was, That's a quote, though, so that's the actual name of the belt. It's actually on the belt. Um, but that was uh, – it was a good fight. Um, it was a good card. All the way, even the, the prelims were good, so it was really good there. And then uh, this is a little personal thing. Lee Hodges, he's from Alabama, PGA golfer, won the 3M Open yesterday by seven shots. First per, first PGA Tour win. Has been on tour for three years. Uh Lives in Huntsville, goes to and went to Alabama. But here was the cool thing: is he won his first PGA Tour event. Been on tour three years. He won one point four million dollars yesterday for winning that tournament. And like his first year on tour, he made like fourteen thousand. His second year, he made like one hundred and sixty. Last year, he had a good year. Um, he made like a million bucks or whatever. But basically, he made his entire years like he's made almost his whole career money up in, in one weekend. So. You know, for a young guy to get that, get a win, and get now he's got his PGA Tour card for three years. He's now going to be able to be a PGA Tour golfer because he's not a guy that wins. He's not going to win every week, but he's he's legit. He was a good good player yesterday. But I don't think he's going to be a superstar. But good for him and a kid from Alabama, which is a big part of our listening area. That's all I got, homie. So my only my last little take is about Shohei Otani. Yeah. So there's a couple of reports came out over the weekend. Uh, Bruce Levine, longtime radio guy in Chicago tied in with the Cubs pretty tight and uh, Jesse Rogers who covers the Cubs does a good job okay yep long time guys dialed in clearly know people inside the organization they both reported independently of one another that the Cubs would be um, bidders active bidders on Shohei Otani let me be clear I don't think they're getting. I think he's going to the Dodgers. I agree with Antonio Morales, who said that's that. That is the buzz in baseball circles that he's going to the Dodgers. But the reaction from people bugged me, and I think it, it's because we in sports, for whatever reason, a lot of sports fans, and I'm a sports fan, yeah. right? We've gone from enjoying sports to sports being about hot takes. <laughs> that okay? is true. I mean, the Cubs. The Cubs took. Uh, they went into last week. They 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 won um, three out of four from St. Louis at home. Swept the White Sox in a two game series, and then went to St. Louis and won three out of four. Okay, and they finished Sunday four games behind Cincinnati, three and a half behind Milwaukee, three and a half out in the wild card. I'm getting to something. I promise. Okay. Yeah. I'm listening. Checking the standings. I listened to so many people and watch social media and such, and they were saying, well, they should sell. They should sell. They should trade Cody Bellinger, get prospects. They should trade Marcus Stroman, get prospects. They're not going to get Otani. Ownership never, ownership never. And I'm like, yeah, ownership does a lot of things. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of the Ricketts, but the Ricketts spent on John Lester. They gave him what was a historic contract. Worked out. They spent a historic amount of money on Jason Hayward. It didn't work out, but it doesn't change the fact that they spent the money. This recent ownership spending, uh, they they went and got Dansby Swanson, 
who of the four free agent shortstops has had the best season. Yeah. Um, they spent on Seiya Suzuki. It hasn't really worked out yet, but they spent the money regardless. They spent on Jamison Tyone, who's pitched really well as of late. My point is this is when fans do that, it's like it's it's you're you're not so that therefore they should sell and blah blah. blah. Are they gonna win the World Series? If you can't, if you can't win the World Series, you should sell. The message you would send your fans if you sold coming off of a hot streak like that, four games out of first place with the first place team coming to your stadium tonight for a four-game series. Look, the Cubs aren't going to sweep the Reds in a four-game series. But in a, but in a hypothetical world where they did, well, if you're down four and you win four, you make up four, they would be zero games back of the Reds. Yeah. And at worst, a half game behind Milwaukee in the division. Who they got this week? Milwaukee, the, the Nationals. I mean, it's a tough week for the Cubs. They got the Cincinnati, then the best team in baseball comes in on Friday in Atlanta. So, I Angels mean, are actually in Atlanta tonight. No, oh, there you go. I mean, it, it's it's difficult, you yeah. know. But whatever, things are hard. If everything is about nothing but hot takes, doesn't that take some of the fun away? I mean, and then here's the 100%. other thing. Here's the other thing about about the the. This is a, I'm making fun of Cub fans here. They get pissed off about the the sell off in 21. I love those guys. Okay, when when I, I was I went to a game at, at what do they call it Minute Maid in Houston? Yes, well, it used to be uh, whatever whatever, whatever it's called now. The Yankees were in town and they were playing Houston. And when Anthony Rizzo was introduced to come up to hit for the Yankees as their first baseman, I stood up and cheered his whole at bat. I love the guy. He won a World Series. We have a dog named Rizzo. <laughs> Chris Bryant, I love Chris Bryant. Yeah. When Chris Bryant plays for Colorado, I want him to do well. I don't care when he does well against the Cubs. I like Chris Bryant. I didn't want Wilson Contreras to get hurt the other night. I like Wilson Contreras. I, I like Javier Baez. I watched his game the other night in 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 um, Miami. He struck out three times and all that stuff, but I still cheer for him because he, he was a part of a really special time, right? right. Um, who's the other guy that they that they let go um, in that sell-off? It doesn't matter. All of those guys aren't the same player anymore. They, they, in reality, they made the only move that they made that was a disaster of a move was they, they basically waived Kyle Schwarber. Turns out that was an error. Trading Anthony Rizzo wasn't a mistake. Trading Chris Bryant wasn't a mistake. Trading Javier Baez wasn't a mistake. Not re-signing Wilson Contreras wasn't a mistake. Sometimes you just have to let people go. It doesn't mean it just means time's up, right? Father time. And 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 the fact that they did those things doesn't mean that they're not going to be players down the road. I think that's just this fan angst that people do on social media and on message boards and stuff where it's just, it's not fun anymore. It's just angst. It's just, you have to have hot takes. You have to have controversial, angry, when in reality, the majority of the people that go to the Cubs game tonight in Cincinnati, they're just going to go cheer for a baseball team. Yeah. Drink a beer. Drink a beer. Have some fun. Yeah. Hope, I don't know. Hope Kate up. It's a long. Fans. Yeah, maybe maybe Justin Verlander gets traded and Kate's there, and you get to say hello. If you go to a game, let's say, let, hey, what, let me ask you a question. You go to a game, Kate Upton is in the stands. Justin Verlander is pitching. Yeah. How much are you watching the game, and how much are you creeping out on Kate Upton? Um, fitty fitty. Yeah, it's it's close. Fitty fitty. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Um, no, I mean, not not. I mean, not really. I mean. No, no, I'd be cool. You know what a punishment for you could be? Go to one of these uh, um, comedy, you know, whatever the, the celebrities sign things and stuff. Yeah, wear like tube socks. 
tuck in, like wear the old PE gym shorts. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the tight ones with a button tucked yeah, in. The bikey shorts. Hey, yeah, bike shorts tucked in wife beater, tube socks with a thing and, and go to see Kate up, Upton and get her to take a picture when you tell her you're her biggest fan. <laughs> no. You wouldn't do that? I mean, I doubt if I'd be able to get that. They're, they're, There's got to be an appearance she's making somewhere. Somebody would be like, no, get this we'll guy We'll get out you of the here. VIP, you know, the VIP where you get backstage. We'll, we'll do all that. I'll pay for it. <laughs> no. Oh, that'd be great. Grow out a skullet and a solo mustache. No, Ooh, I'm not doing that either. I could grow a skullet. What is a skullet? It's like a, um, where you got hair around the side. Oh. But nothing in, nothing in the middle. Okay. My man, Coach so Roberts, had Bozo, a Bozo the Clown? Yeah. Look. Yeah. Mine's not quite thin enough to do that yet. I would actually. Yeah, and then you'd have, to, and you'd have to look at her and say, I'm your biggest fan. By the way, you're average. Did <laughs> you get tased? <laughs> Pepper sprayed by I the mean, security? A world where she's hey, there's, average. If you, if you showed up like that, there's a better than average chance that you don't even get back. They're oh, like, that's hey, about boss. point. Yeah, yeah they're like, get hey, out. Excuse me, sir. Do you drive a white van with no windows? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> excuse me. I go up. You can have a little bucket of candy. Would you like a little <laughs> Hey, Kate, would you like some candy? <laughs> you ever thought about how in light of like how creepy it is when people offer little kids candy and stuff that we let Halloween go the way that we do? <laughs> it's bad. You ever think about it like that? Like little kid comes to your door, says trick or treat. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's got to be scary. Like. Luckily, I'm past those days now. I don't have to think about it anymore. But like the first time you let your kid go trick or treat on his or her own, you yeah. know, with his or her friends. I mean, it is. I didn't. That stuff bothered me. I don't know why. Yes, I guess this neighborhood I was in. I don't know. Her security would. Her security would 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 probably. I would I would gather I would I would gain their attention. That would be the that would be that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. I, I she seems like a nice person. I don't want to make her the butt of a joke. Let's don't do that. You I know, don't know. We'll think of something. The uh speaking of things that don't make any sense, there is a meeting in this there's <laughs> wear a, a Trump t shirt and walk around Hollywood. Somebody said wear a Biden twenty twenty four shirt and go to the Talladega infield. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. that's that's yeah, unhealthy. It'd, it'd be a way to get hurt. You get hurt. Yeah. You really would, probably. You would probably get hurt. Yeah. We'd have to like, it's a joke. It's a joke. It'd, it'd be, and people wouldn't understand the joke. Um, there's a meeting in this town tonight that. School board? Nope. There's just a meeting in this town tonight that uh, NCAA academic eligibility and recruiting is taking place. Okay. And I volunteered to, hey, since I was the academic and eligibility coordinator for 14 of my 20 years in coaching. And I actually run a recruiting business. I offered my services mm-hmm. free. Were you declined? Didn't even get a call back. How about that? Where's the meeting? I'll tell you later. Okay. Isn't that weird, though? Uh, and it's for parents. Yeah, it's weird, but it's not. I mean, it is, but I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about going to the meeting. And just busting balls, everything is wrong. Just go in there and just shoot everything down. I wouldn't do that, though. 
a lot of times people like nope, that rule was four years ago. Next rule. A lot of times people in positions of authority shouldn't be. Yeah. I thought about that. It's really that simple. I will say this last time I'm volunteering my last time I'm volunteering my time. I get it. I mean, I can't help you with anything else. Can't help you. Yeah. The car breaks down, I can give you a ride. It's the only thing I can help. Only thing I can help. Yeah, I, I, I've got thoughts, but if I said <laughs> if I said one, it would come across as self serving, and I don't I don't mean for it to be. It would come across as arrogant, and I'm I'm not, and don't want to be viewed. I'm that pretty way. good at getting kids eligible. Yeah, you know how to do it. Did I ever tell you I got a kid eligible one time that had he had one year left in school? One. One. He had a one. Point one four core GPA, one point one four core GPA, and a fourteen on the ACT. Got his ass eligible without breaking laws. Didn't not break a rule. How about that? Just got to know how to do it. Yeah. Transcript magician. Got a boy. All right, we'll wrap there. We've been brought to you by Rain. Don't forget Rain Total Body Fuel, three hundred milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, and electrolytes. They got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler, I'm Neil. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye.